Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand-new racing app for same-race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Yeah, you're going to be proud of the boys. Can't wait question of the day. Uh, are you going to be proud of them? They're going to win a rugby championship. It's been a long start to the year, though. So where do you land, Izzy? Oh, from where they've come from and, and what they've been through during this whole bloody rugby championship, you think? They nearly lost the coach and nearly had Razor in there. They lost the first game. What's been on? Oh, another review. They went to the board. The board overturned it. Oh, it's crazy. Um so, yeah, if they do get this done, I will be proud for what's gone on and, and, and what's unfolded. And just, you know, everyone's beaten anyone on their day. You think Argentina's had a realistic chance to actually win this rugby championship. And then you've got Australia, you've got South Africa. Like it's, it's anyone. So if they're able to get it done, I'll be proud, but I probably won't be overconfident. Mm. Kimpy, what about you, man? Yeah, look, I, I think everyone's looking for the win. Um, I know South Africa, points-wise, could probably still get the job done against uh, Argentina and take some take take the the championship. But I think if if the All Blacks get the championship, I think that's a real positive for Fozzie and the boys. You know, given the fact that before the competition started and the and the loss in the Irish Test, that no one gave them any sort of show. So any type of confidence going up. Remember, we're talking about. Possibly they lose the championship, go up the Northern Hemisphere, lose that. Then what do we what do we do with with Fozzie and his management team heading into the World Cup? Well, what if they win the championship and go up the Northern Hemisphere and win those games as well? It's a whole different story. So I'm taking it as a positive. I hope they do win it. Mm. So they they are even at the moment. They are even, and if both teams, South Africa and All Blacks, get a bonus point, the All Blacks win it, won't they? Yeah, I'm put on what I'm predicting. Yeah. Because yeah. of point bonus points, is it? So bonus point, well, yeah. So it looks like they're both going to end up probably on similar points. You would you would think, if the odds were right. Mm. So uh, yeah. points differential will be a massive one. Mm. Okay, interesting. Look, it's going to be a two two teams that have got so much play. Like Australia, Dave Rennie will be feeding them all week. Articles, you know, no one wanted us to win. Everything to try and fire these boys up. So it won't take much to fire them up. And on the flip side, from listening to Aaron Smith and, and hearing reading the comments regarding the All Blacks, they are filthy at Darcy Swain and what they've done to one of their brothers. And, and I've done these. Mm. Kempi, you've done a knee. They are tough to come back from, man. Once you go down that line and you're having to strap your knee, the rehab, your knee never operates as, as easy as it nah. had before you had an injury. And it's tough, man. So... The boys will be understanding that, that they, the Stasi Swain thug has ruined one of their brother's careers, potentially, and his opportunity to go and play at a World Cup, mate. So there's going to be some heart in this game, lads. It's, it's, yeah. it's exciting. You think it's a, 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 you know, a, a dead rubber? The same. There's so much to play for. Oh, they'll bring it too. You know, look, I think the rule yeah. is really clear around going around the side of the ruck. Um, but yep. the, the point being is how he slipped his arm under that leg and pulled it back on itself. So, yeah, man, I, look, I think, I think the judiciary needs to do 
a real number on Swain and uh, make sure that that type of, I guess, that type of behaviour um, and when you can put yourself... You know, if you're standing there jackling over a football, man, you're in a real uh, average position to protect yourself. Blokes mm. are coming from all sorts of angles to hurt you. You know, I've always thought that when I'm watching guys do that, um, that play. But what Swain did to our mate um, Tupaya, you know, that's just, that's just a, such a no-no. And hopefully they throw the book at him. And, and make sure that, you know, they send a clear message out that you can't just go and... Because that could, that could have just ended his career. Done. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean, Kimpy. It's, uh, it's a tough old watch, mate, but um, we'll, we'll have to watch this unfold, eh, Louis? We'll have to watch this unfold and see what happens. The New Zealand equestrian team has always represented us with distinction and going back a few years now, often with great success at pinnacle events such as the Olympics and World Eventing Championships. In recent times, though, it's been extremely tough and quite rare to land those medals until this weekend, though, when Tim Price riding Falco and the Kiwi team mustered a terrific and dramatic result at the World Champs in Italy to take a bronze medal in both the individual standings for Tim and the team competition too. Tim has been good enough to take our call this morning. He's up in the UK. G'day, mate. Thanks so much for joining us. Congratulations. Mate, talk us, talk us through this result for the whole team. Like, how much did it mean to the team, Tim? Oh, it was immense. It was immense. It was, uh, it was a culmination of a lot of, you know, a lot of earnest hard work and, you know, pushing hard. The, the sport has gone so high as a standard and uh, we've just had to keep up. It's been hard. We've got some nations that are out there spending, you know, millions of pounds on their, <laughs> on their horses and things and we're just trying to hook mm. them out of New Zealand and train them up and get just good old-fashioned talent and the riders and things to, uh, to, to come up to that kind of level. And we're getting there, eh? It was a, it was a good example of, of just what we are made of. As a, as a nation, and uh, and everyone, you know, put it on display. It was brilliant. Yeah, go to the Kiwis, Tim. It sounds like it went down to the absolute wire in the show jumping, and the bronze medals were secured very late in the piece. Yeah, yeah. No, we um, it just kept changing through the phases. The dressage was uh, was probably a, a absolute record for the for the Kiwi team because we're known as we're known as probably better for galloping, jumping, coming through the jumping phases, and um, and nailing it, you know, through through those phases, whereas these days you have to be up there after the dressage. So um, we all were, you know, including Monica, Spencer, Clark Johnson, Janelle and myself, um, and of course our individual Muzzy Pottinger. We all we all did really, really well in that department. So, you know, we had a good start point, but yeah, it kept chopping, changing each phase, and then the show jumping was just so dramatic. It was you know, down to the wire, uh, you know, famous combinations, making mistakes, and, uh, and uh, yeah, it kept chopping and changing, like I say, but it was a great finish. Yeah, great finish and a great result for, for Team New Zealand. But, hey, quickly, just go back to your point on the money. I hate it how money gets involved and can, can determine results. So, so how do we, or how does the team uh, stay competitive throughout this? We ain't going to compete with the money side of things. So how do we do that and be able to be competitive? Oh, God, it's such, it's such a good question. <laughs> um, you know, because at the end of the day, you, you look at uh, you look at other sports with, with boats or with bikes or with, you know, whatever, whatever your medium might be in your sport, and, and you need to have a superior um, piece of kit there. Um, and it's not unlike that with horses, you know, because, you know, the, the, the essence of what we do is about partnerships, about bringing the best out in, in these incredible, incredible animals. 
Um, but you need to have a very good putty to start with, and let us not, you know, we can't sort of bet around that fact. They need to be super talented, they need to be very trainable, they need to be athletic in all ways, and uh, and so to get to get a horse of that description takes a bit of coin. But um, but yeah, no, there's ways and means, and you know, it's a funny old game where we have to have a well, not have to have, but we're lucky to have other people. Uh, owning these horses along with us or independently of us and we ride them it's a little bit like a formula one car those guys don't own those cars they drive them <laughs> and so we so you know so we so if we can build up that side of the business with what's behind us janelle and i are examples of um riders that have been over here for 15 to 20 years now where we've got a good established base of owners that that feed these horses into us uh, and you know some of these horses are, are worth that kind of money, so we are literally riding mm. horses of that kind of value. I mentioned ourselves, uh, Monica Spencer coming up from New Zealand just as we did those years ago, you know, on these lovely Kiwi horses, and uh, and they're very talented. They, you know, they're not the whole package probably, but um, but you know, it's a good start point. And then just being the good natured people that we are, customarily as New Zealanders coming to the Northern Hemisphere. But you know they do the 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 northern hemisphere a lot. The English people, you know, the people up here really do gravitate towards that. Especially if you've got a bit of talent and you're good to work with, and uh, the, the the horses will come. It's a long drawn out process, but yeah, uh, yeah, like you say, it's not it's not a matter of just dipping into your back pocket and pulling out a million quid and chucking it at a horse because it just doesn't happen like that, unfortunately. But it isn't necessary evil in our game um, to have valuable horses underneath us. Well, tell us about your boy Falco, mate. He's showing his worth, so, you know, things are going uh, good for him these days. How's your relationship with Falco? Pretty happy, must must be. Yeah, no, he's, he's a cool horse, eh? He was not always uh, like that. He had he had a few bumps along the way when he sort of came up through the levels, and then, uh, but he's always been super talented, and, uh, yeah, he's had it all there just showing, just bubbling beneath the surface. But the last couple of years, he's really develop some consistency at the top level and yeah i've not i've had him for maybe five or six years we know each other like the back of our hand we get on you know very well obviously together and i've just been really uh looking forward to the day when he was ready to go to a championship and do something that meant a lot to it to, to new zealand and for a team because he's a very special horse and uh he's just now ready to obviously as what he's done now and things in his career to actually go and, and demonstrate that and be of really solid value and you know he's going to be hopefully my number one for Paris in two years time which mm. is an even bigger target we want to go and win a gold there um, of course naturally and uh, we, um, you know he'll be the horse for me hopefully to do that yeah, talking about P- Paris Tim in 2024 is coming around pretty quickly and with these events that you're doing at the moment do you get understanding of the terrain and the cross country and how show jumping uh, arenas shape up ahead of the ahead of the Olympics do you get to walk it out and figure it out how you're going to ride it yeah, it's, uh, it sort of changes from competition or championship to championship. Whether how, how much you can get in on the on the place, like Greenwich was the uh, cross country uh, venue for the London Olympics. Well, that's a public that's a public path there. You can go and walk around it with your dog in the middle of London there and and get a feel for the terrain. So that was very obvious. Other places are a little bit more locked down, but yeah, we're pretty enterprising bunch, aren't we? We can you know get a find a way to get information out of, out of certain angles and, uh, and know what sort of horse we should be preparing for such events. So, um, you know, there will be no no different this time going into Paris. 
Versailles, you know, we're based, the equestrian part will be based in Versailles, which is just outside Paris. Well, I've been there, I've competed there. It's fairly flat, it's fairly firm going, so already we're starting to build a bit of a profile on what, what sort of horses we need to be prepping for that one. That was a tough course watching their London Olympics. Man, seeing the horses at the end, they were wrecked, particularly in the, in the cross country. That was, uh, that was a crazy old course. But, mate, how often do the team uh, riders get together? Like, you know, you've obviously just been together for the weekend. Do you get them together quite a bit to build on that chemistry? Yeah, definitely, mate. Uh, like, we've been, yeah, it's a week long venture, really. The horses set off sort of 10 days before so they can get out there and, you know, in terms of. Italy, it was a three-day road trip down there. We weren't, we didn't have the luxury of flying down there like the Brits. Jumped, chucked all their, their horses on the plane and flew down <laughs> in three hours. We, we took, we took three days, um, but, but they all did insane. They all travelled really well and everything. Just a nice old way about it. And uh, yeah, as a as a group of riders, the, the border group too, with the the riders that ultimately didn't go, we we spent a lot of time together. You know, we're on the circuit together. Uh, yeah. supportive of each other uh, so yeah the week before Petoni the world championships have just gone we were together in a camp and then a sort of a quarantine camp basis and yeah, fun. had a few beers a couple of the nights and just you know relaxed and played some pool and uh, you know we're just all, we're just all great mates and at the end of the day yeah. it's, that's what brings out the best in each other the support you, you've got to get to know people to know what makes them tick to know how you can best support them, you know, it's, uh, it's an important part of the whole dynamic, so in good fun, and it's not it's not something that we are used to in our sport, where it's quite an independent sport, individual, and so it's really fun when we get to every couple of years, come together as a, as a team and really try to try to make that a real strength to push forward. Hey Tim, how small are those margins in your sport, especially when working with animals? It's ridiculous, it's ridiculous, it's uh, <laughs> You know, there's little, there's little things that I've had. I've had a little moment here or there that's, you know, I, I was in Kentucky, in America, and I had a pole um, fall on the ground, and it, it was a seventy thousand pound pole that fell to the ground. And you know, the other day, and this is this is something that we take away as a positive um, from the competition that's just been at the champs. Um, we we won our bronze medal. By being, if we were a second slower on the cross country, just one of our four riders, or three riders actually, was a second slower on the cross country, we would have become four. And faster on the cross country, we would have won silver. And that's over nine, nine minutes fifty. It's, uh, it's 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 just just the margins are pretty tight at the top. So, oh yeah. mate, that is. That is crazy. Honestly, it's my wife's a um, show jumper. She was up in Gizzy. She's got a yep. loves her horses. So every time the Olympics are on, we are watching and oh, I love watching it. It's a great watch. Yep. Can't I can't understand yep. how these horses do it, particularly the um, dressage. Oh, it's a crazy, crazy old event and seeing these horses uh, react how they do. But mate, quickly. You were educated yep. at Rang- Rangiora High School, mate, and I've had some success as of late. Fletcher Newell has <laughs> just made the All Blacks. What's in the water there? No way. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm actually an Oxford boy, which we've had some good rugby players go on to Crusaders and things from uh, from Oxford, <laughs> which is 20 minutes down the road from Rangiora. I went to Rangiora for a couple of years as I got a bit older, and um, yeah, I don't know. It's a good, it's a good sturdy bit of the mainland in there. I think it, it well, but. I don't, I don't know if I don't know if a top sort of equestrian athlete is a, is a typical 
one to come out of that area. More, you know, more strong bullish boys <laughs> that come out of there. But but no, it was uh, it's, it's a good area. I'm, I'm very proud of coming from from North Canterbury. Yeah, they've had some success late. There's going to be a new uh, AFL star coming out of there soon, Louis Herman Watt. So just watch that space, mate. You might see him uh, recovering from his concussions and getting the job done. Hey, uh, Tim, mate, congratulations on the weekend. We're going to let you go. We know you're a busy man and there'll be horses to be, well, cleaned and you know, ridden and put away and whatever. You know, you, you, it never stops for you guys. I'm off to France. Um, for next, well, we've got a couple of national competitions this weekend, and then Monday next week we're off to France, and then we're off for five weeks straight we're in France, and then I go to America the next week for a big five-star <laughs> competition, and then back to Holland for a competition called Buccalo, then France again for another five-star. So yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to December where I get to head on for the first time in a few years to head back down to uh, to Christchurch and New Zealand in general and cruise around in my old my old Holden. My old, E.H. Holden awesome. sat down there waiting for me. Wow. Nice, nice. You're a busy man. You're a busy man, mate. <laughs> so you'll be enjoying that time in December. Hopefully the weather's sunny yeah. and, and uh, you know, you yeah. can enjoy some time Thanks with your family, mate. Thoroughly deserved. Yeah. All right. Cheers, guys. Awesome. Thanks, Tim. Cheers, Tim. It's a cracking cross from Schmelz. They've equalised. Reid in stoppage time. Yeah, how good, how good. 12 years ago, a young centre back burst onto the scene, scoring a decisive header in the 93rd minute to level the scores against Slovakia at the 2010 FIFA World Cup. Well, that player was Winston Reid, and he went on to have one of the most distinguished careers of any Kiwi footballer. Yesterday, however, he announced that his, uh, this Sunday he will play his final game for the All-Whites in front of a packed home crowd at Eden Park. Yeah, how good. Sky Sports analysis, uh, analyst and former All-White Jacob Spoonley is with us this morning to talk about the impact Reid has had on the game here in Aotearoa. Morning, Jacob. How are you, brother? I'm good, guys. How you going? Yeah, mate, we're all good. We're all good. Did this decision surprise you, mate? I think when you look, stand back and look at it, it's not that surprising. Um, it is still, I think, a massive loss for our game. Winston, as you touched on at the top, is one of those legends. He is uh, in the company of a very few. Um, you look at the likes of Steve Sumner, Ryan Nelson, Winston Rufa, um, players that have really combined wonderful club careers and also represented our country uh, in the all-white um, with not only skill but mana, and Winston is one of those players. Um, in terms of it being a surprise, if you look at it, he's 34 years old. We've just completed a World Cup cycle. Um, if he was to stay around to the next one, he'd be around about 37, 38. So that's a huge demand on a person that now has a young family and uh, has moved to try and set up a new base uh, in the Middle East and Dubai. So it's understandable. However, kind of selfishly, would have loved to have seen him stay around. Well, how do you think he'll be remembered, Jacob? Like uh, He's obviously achieved so much. He started in Denmark, and then he's come over and, and ventured to New Zealand and, and had a wee crack over here. How do you think he'll be remembered? I think he'll be remembered as a North Shore boy, if we step back um, just a little bit further. He's from Takapuna, so... 
Uh, he moved yeah. to Denmark um, when he was when he was a youngster. That's right, and he played for FC Michelin, who was one of the top teams in Denmark, and that's really where he cut his teeth in terms of that development. Um, I think, however, though, he'll be remembered for that moment when he basically crashed the party at the World Cup uh, and popped up. I don't know what he was doing as a centre-back, but popped up at the back post off a of Shane Smelt's cross and tucked that one away. Um, and that laid the foundation for New Zealand's next generation of Premier League star. He and Chris Wood have flown the flag for the Kiwis in the Premier League. And he's going to be remembered, I think, more than anything um, outside of New Zealand as a West Ham legend. He almost played 200 games for the club. Injury really curtailed his opportunities in the last parts of um, his stint there. But I think everyone will only have good things to say about Winston, and that really speaks to the way in which he's conducted himself more than anything. Do you think a lot of that success, you know, especially in the Premier League, um, is helping all of our young people that are coming through and, and making them sort of aspire to be Winston? I think it's an interesting one. So the point that you've just touched on there, like the magic moment, that's what inspires the generation. And it doesn't matter where you end up playing football. People have Winston Reed shirts, and you're going to see them out at Eden Park on Sunday. And we hope that there's going to be a packed house of them. The other point, I think, and, and this is more towards your point, Kimby, is that when you look at the way in which the All-Whites have played, um, and I've used this term quite a bit, but his composure and his confidence and his skill emanates out amongst what is a very young squad. And so there's that stabilising foundational factor that he brings to the table. Uh, the other point is that he's almost like a, a vindicating factor, if you will. The fact that he's done so well in his club career, I would argue um, when people are scouting New Zealanders, kind of gives justification to the investment that clubs are looking to make. So I'm sure that someone said, oh, I know, this player could be the next Winston Reid. Coming out of a smaller market, an unknown market, but um, a club willing to take the gamble if they do get the return like West Ham did with Winston. Hey, what are our, this game, these games have snuck up on us, let's be completely honest, and the news was very surprising, but what are our expectations Thursday night in Brisbane for this all-whites team that's you know probably going to be a little bit underdone? Mate, I would argue that this is the team that, you often talk about hangovers from games, I would argue that there's still a residual motivation here to prove that they should be at the World Cup. And the other thing, and I'll say this slowly, all of the boys are going to be home. There's a couple that are out with injury, but you're going to see Chris Wood. You're going to see the foundation for the next World Cup and Joe Bell. Marco Staminich, who's coming fresh off a Champions League debut. Matt Garbett, who would argue is the next cab off the rank. He's on the bench for Torino, playing in the Serie A, alongside the likes of Libby Kacache. So they are all going to be there. The football community, as you say, sometimes feels a little bit underdone, um, is he? This is not one of those occasions. This is Eden Park. It's okay. the prime venue for sport in New Zealand, and we're going to have all of the boys there, and they're going to be taking on the old foe in the centennial <laughs> match. Hey, Jacob, young Joe Bell, he goes all right to that fella. His namesake works for us in the kitchen here at SENZ. Um, <laughs> mate, your expectations on Thursday night, what are, what are they? And was it was it right? Did I hear that they're trying to create an origin series, a home and away? between the Australians and the New Zealands on an annual fixture base? I think that's right, and it makes sense because we've got um, wonderful um, talent on either side of the Tasman at the moment, and there's a real kind of commercial product that needs to be exploited there. 
I would say it'd be more like the Chapel Hadley, maybe like a, mm. um, a Sumner Warren, if you will. So um, if we can get that off the ground, that'd be um, fantastic. Even one or two fixtures a year, Kempi, um, I think would go down a treat, particularly with the Kiwi fans. Mm. Um, Joe Bell, I think he is um, in line <laughs> to really step up into the next tier um, within this all-white side. He, he is a player that um, does hold a lot of mana, is really well respected within the group. And so with Winston seemingly stepping away for the next World Cup, I, I think you'll see Joe Bell um, more come to the fore and help guide this team um, as they really start preparing for the World Cup in USA, Mexico and Canada. Beautiful. So you're predicting a horror show for the Aussies come Saturday, come Sunday, back-to-back horrors for them at Eden Park? I'll tell you a quick story. <laughs> Last time I saw Graham Arnold in New Zealand, he was having a crack at my dad, distinguished professor Paul Spoonley, about an offside rule. So he's not going to back down on anything, to, particularly to a Kiwi. So he'll have his uh, boys in the green and gold fired up. But, um, so you're predicting a controversial Danny. decision from the ref, are you? Are you predicting some controversial decision <laughs> that will define the outcome of the game? <laughs> I'm not predicting that. I, um, I'm not going to get myself in trouble before the broadcast, uh, Izzy. But what I will say is that there's going to be a lot of feeling in this, mate. And the Aussies will be up for it because they've got World Cup spots on the line. And we're going to want to say we should be there too. So this is, this is one that's going to have a little bit of punch to it, particularly when you look back at 2010 and the absolute war that occurred in Melbourne. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. We love nothing better than beating the Aussies, mate. Love what I witnessed last week in the, in the Wallabies <laughs> taking on the ABs in Melbourne. Maybe that's going to flow over to Sunday at Eden Park, mate. Appreciate your time, Jacob, uh, coming on the show, and good luck to the All Whites. And Winston Reid, what an absolute champion. We've had a message come through. My favourite Winston Reid memory was him scoring the winning goal for West Ham versus Manchester United in the last game at Upton Park, a true hammer that is from Gig. So one of the great ones there. Um, Jacob, thank you so much, mate. Not a problem. See him on Sunday, guys. Make sure you show up. Thanks, lads. Anyway, we're going to talk to Tom Donnelly, the man, the one and only, the Sasquatch. Otago are coming. The men from down south picked up a spirited and crucial victory on Sunday against the Red Hot Waikato, which has lifted them back into contention for a playoff spot. With only a couple of weeks to go, Tom Donnelly is head coach of Otago and, of course, the New Zealand under-20 side too. He's with us now at Morena. Tommy, how are you going, bud? Morning, Daggy. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Appreciate you coming on, uh, mate. But you must be pretty happy about the outcome. But before we get there, knowing Sassy and the team morale and the, the environment he loves, how'd you celebrate, mate? How'd you celebrate on the weekend? Nah... Uh pretty quiet eh, to be honest the boys uh had a few beers in the shed and then went to our local sponsor the Moynton which used to spend many a time up there punting and had a uh had a snitchel and chips and then sort of headed home with the family mate because it was the early game so all the kids are at the at the game yeah beautiful i have i have a beautiful spot up there at the Mornington, and no i just had the nice uh, uh snitchel and some chips and then i went home as well mate with you of course so uh, love your honesty. Yeah. Quickly, mate, just on that game, how the season, it's been a consistency and performance has probably been a tough one. You're four from four, or you're, you're four from eight. Obviously, four wins, four losses, mate. But what what, what clicked on the weekend, mate? Uh, yeah, good question, mate. We were pretty disappointed with the way we've played in the last few weeks. We just sort of had lost our mojo and our game wasn't really clicking. And, mate, it was a pretty tough week for us, mate. Our backs against the wall and 
as you sort of know, sort of southern men come out of this county at the best when they're sort of back against the wall. So, um, look, mate, if I could put my finger on it, uh, I'd probably be able to get us like that every week. But it was just one of those funny weeks. We were pretty desperate and, and the boys fronted well. What do, you, what do you think, Tom? Do you think that they can carry it on? Because it's pretty even through that middle of the table. Oh, yeah, mate. It's still a pretty massive chance for us. And, look, we've just got to go away this weekend. We've got to run and just focus on getting a performance like we did in the weekend. And, mate, if we get that, then we should get a result. And that just keeps us alive. I think you'd be pretty right against Mana too. They've been struggling, which I'm gutted about because we're having a bit of a competition. Me and Kempi, and I've got Mana too. He's got, he's got your team. So that's a, that's an on, easy Tommy. four points. But you won't be getting confident, knowing Tommy. You won't be getting confident. Hey, quickly, make Sassy just on Cam Miller. Cam Miller, there's a lot of hype around this young kid, um, and, and obviously. Is, it's fair enough, too, because what we've seen, we saw him last year in the under-20s. We've seen what he's been able to do for you. But, mate, what can you pinpoint it on? The young kid, has he got a big future, you reckon? Oh, yeah, 100%, mate. Um, he's super accurate in his core role. Um, yep. There's some areas of his game he's got to work on, but he's just a really mature kid, mate. Like, it's amazing to think that he's only 19 or 20. She's when I was that age, I was a little bit different to how he behaves. So <laughs> I think, you know, for... A player like that who's at that age really and is really mature and, and the boys really respect him. He's, you know, he's got a long way to go in the game. That's, yeah, that's, really that's good uh, Good to hear. What about what about in the games themselves, Tommy? You know, like the the games at the NPC, where, where are the margins where they are won and lost at the moment? Is it, you know, in the tight five? Is it in the backs? What what, what are your thoughts on the comp? Uh, yeah, mate, it's a, it's a fascinating one, eh? I think if you don't show up with the right mindset, anyone, you can get knocked over by anyone. Um, I think you've got to be accurate at your set piece. If you can put a lot of pressure through your set piece, it allows you to sort of play your game. And then if you, if you look at some of the stats, the teams that are doing really well are teams that are, are really limiting their errors. So if you can limit your errors and build pressure, build phases and put teams under pressure, it's generally you can score points and, and get a victory. What about the format, Sassy? The, the new format, the odds and the evens, uh, you know, you've got two pr- pretty competitive conferences and you've obviously tipped over the top of the table in the odds. Are you enjoying this new conference and, and, and the new makeup? Is it stimulating? Has it stimulated the competition? Uh, yeah, I think so, mate. Look, it, it is what it is. I think it's awesome that it gives um, anyone a chance uh, to win the whole thing. We've seen the last couple of years that the, a lot of chatter on the teams and the championship have been good enough to win the whole competition and um, look, I mean, you, there's a, that ability this year, and um, look, it's got to just—it's got to fit into a ten-week or twelve-week window, and this is the best way to do it to make it one competition, I suppose. But that's like you really think if we at the end of the season sit back and review and have a look and think, yeah, that was really good, or how can we tweak that and change yeah. it? Then that's how you evolve things and make them better. Yeah, beautiful. Hey, quickly, just a question on time wasting. I know it's been <laughs> it's been at the forefront of everyone's conversations this week, and we're seeing the game. It is drifting, and time wasting needs to be officiated. What's your stance on it, mate? As a coach, is it something that you're you you you're thinking about constantly, and and is it a part of your arsenal? Do you think coaches intentionally? Yeah, you know, have it a part of their team and their makeup. And how do we get it out of the game, uh, Sassy? Because at the moment, we, you look at league; they've got sixty-two minutes ball and play, and rugby's are sitting at about thirty minutes. And it, and it's not good entertainment, I feel. 
Yeah, good question, Beggy. Maybe you should go out to World Rugby, mate, and be a part of their <laughs> uh, working group that solves the issue. Of that. Um, what what, yeah, what look, do you reckon? Like... Oh, mate, look, I think I think there's, there's a place in it. Like that's all part of the, stat, the tactics mm. in the game, the chess within the game. But mate, he the, and very very French thing to do. The French told him, mate, you got to blow the whistle on, you got to kick the ball. <laughs> And he just tried to delay it a wee bit longer, and he got done for it, mate. So, pretty pretty shit way to lose a test match, to be honest with him. But look, that's just the way it goes, man. Like, if you're told yeah. to do something, it's like dealing with dealing with kids, mate. I tell my kids to do something, I expect them to do it, and if they don't, they get hired. Or oh, so they don't get hired, they get told off. <laughs> they, they get a telling off. That's right, Tommy. I just want to correct you on that. They get a telling off these days. It's not. It's yeah. not 1970 when I was growing up. All right. It's a little bit different these days, Tommy. That's why you're in charge of the under twenties, yeah. the next generation, mate. Which one of those kids yeah, you have right. seen coming through, mate? How um, how good are the, how good is the next generation? Do you think? Yeah. Do you think there's a few of those kids, and have you got some names that we that we could be watching in the NPC? Um, coming up next year, maybe? Oh, mate, you've already seen a couple of them, like Peter Lakai to Wellington, been phenomenal for them. Um, even a couple of guys from the team last year, last year, like caught up with Cortez, uh, the nine for Waikato, he's been playing phenomenal. So, mate, I, I think the whole group of those guys coming through, they're just going to be some exceptional players, and we had a really good campaign this year, but it's interesting, we haven't played the Northern Hemisphere teams for a few years, and whenever we play them, we get really challenged in our set piece, and That'll be a really good indicator next year when we go to World Cup, exactly where we're at. How was CJ? How was CJ? Obviously, he was a part of your coaching group, mate. You enjoy <laughs> CJ's coaching style, and, and the, the boys really nah. take to his wittiness. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it was awesome. I really enjoyed working with CJ. He's a phenomenal coach. and uh, We also had Scott Hanson there, the Crusaders guys, and mate, I, I reckon yeah. it's a big part of why that group's done so well in the last couple of years is that they've put... Um, some really good super coaches around that young group, and so next year when uh, the campaign clashes a bit of super rugby, we're interested to see how how they manage that and who they can put around that thing. Mm. Hey Tommy, yeah. do you do you sort of sit down this time of the year? You know, you've got some some games coming up, and and review how you've gone through the season. Do, do you do you give yourself a mark this time of the year? And what is that mark? Uh, yeah, mate, it's, it's fascinating actually. Um, we had a bit of a coaching sat down. We got in uh, sort of Clark Dermody from the Landers, and he sort of did a bit of a review on us last week. And we sort of sort of said to him, mate, where did you attack us? Where would we where do you see our threats? And they had a really good open discussion around it, and um, we sort of got some answers to that. I, I think we just we're at the moment a little bit consistent. Um, so a massive challenge for us this week is replicating what we did last week, so we can turn up on Sunday and be confident with how we're going to play. Oh, Sassy, mate, you're absolutely flying. It's great to see you step out of the game, who, you know, very successful career, and just, well, seamlessly go back into the coaching role. Appreciate your time, Sassy, mate. Have a good uh, rest of the week, and good luck for the rest of the competition. Good confidence in the group right now, so uh, take it forward, mate. Appreciate it. Cheers, Aggie. Hey, mate, and you've come a long way since we talked about your boring interviews last year, mate. Good stuff. Keep it up. Sassy. Tom Donnelly, mate. My first ever commentary for the Sky TV. And I have Sassy before the game, and I'm like, bang, bang, you know, real ch-ch-ch. And he leaves, bro. He's like, don't ever talk to me again, mate. Ask some bit. And I'm like, what do you want to know? And he's like, 
Well, what did I do in pre-season? You know, we went up the hills, we went and had a big party, last that. And I was like, come on, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> he's a crack up. He's a crack up. But, mate, um, good to have a chat to him. And, and he's, yeah, look, I played a lot with, with Tom Donnelly. He obviously came to, uh, when I went to the Landers, he was a, a legend there. And then he finished up there. He actually came to the Crusaders and did really well, made the ABs. He's had a hell of a career. And you talk about that intellectual property, IP, Kempe, he's got a ton of that. But it's more than that. You've got to have a genuine connection with the players, and he's definitely got that. So, um, yeah, maybe don't listen to us. <laughs> the kids' comment. <laughs> the gentle. The gentle. <laughs> Come here, you little bugger. Oh, man. What a crack up. What a crack up. And he's yeah. got, his, and he's got the, his hands on the best 20s in the country, mate. That's the, that's the exciting part about his role. Man, how good would that be seeing the next crop of All Blacks coming through, you know, and getting to work with them? So, um, yeah, he's he's obviously been earmarked as a as a potential All Blacks coach because he's in that pathway. I wish him all the best. Yeah, yeah. If you if you go down the twenties line, you usually go on. You go in the Super, you go and into into high honours, and they've obviously um, earmarked you to to have a future. Corey Jane, he's obviously been part of that. You have got Scotty Henson, who um, if you know, depending on what happens to Razor, yeah, well, it's interesting what's going on there. Um, you know, it's going to take over. But, mate, that's Cam Miller, Louis. That Cam Miller for that 10 for the Otago teams. Big future. Big future. And obviously, talking to Sassy, he is as switched on as they come. He said he doesn't do the things that he was doing when he was younger. So he's obviously really dedicated to the craft. Yeah, it's good to hear. And it's a great point around that kind of coaching pathways. Kimpy, I know it's something you have lamented on Rugby League for a long time about coaching our coaches and putting them in the positions to succeed. And um, I see Ben Smith's even on the Otago roster now and doing a bit of uh, counter-attacking stuff with Ricky Flutie. It's a good old Otago roster they've got down there of coaches. And um, Tom Donnelly, like he's clearly got that little bit of razor about him. If you think about the way he does things a little bit differently, he's really cut from his own jib, isn't he, Kempe? Yeah, and and I like that about him. He's uh, See, the players would pick that up from him too, the no-nonsense, I want you to do things a certain way and he's a type of bloke that just gets on and gets it done. I like. I also like how he's got that bit of banter about him too so he can have a, a little bit of a laugh with you. You know, hey, hey Izzy, oh. I just want to tell you something, you know, at the end of this conversation and um, <laughs> yeah, it, says a lot about, it says a lot about a character of a coach. You know, the best coaches that I ever played for were those type of coaches that could move between that realm of being your mate and being the coach, you know, and you knew exactly oh. where that line was. So... Um, between yeah, him, good. every time Tom's come on, he's been really good. Between him, Jimmy Cowan, uh, Jamie McIntosh, you had uh, David Hall, who was a hooker. Man, you had some wit and some absolute mouse from the south. I used to call them mouse from the south, mate. They had some chat. And then Jimmy Cowan piping up. Oh, mate, it was one of the good times. Oh, I really enjoyed my time down the Hollanders. Had two years with some, some legends, and, and Sassy was one of those. Took me under his wing, a young kid, and, and showed me the ropes. He's Lock. a good man, old Tom. Yeah, nice, is he? Awesome. Good to hear. It sounds like the snitty goes good as well. Love that. They're still eating the same old schnitzel. <laughs> very, very good. A couple of texts here, lads, on double eight, double three, asking about the All Blacks and, you know, how proud are you going to be when they win the rugby championship? Zade, yeah, it'll be a 
great achievement. If the All Blacks win the rugby championship, I'll be proud. I'm going to go along to Eden Park and I don't want to lose to those cheating Aussies, the time wasters. Get on your Zade, get the boot <laughs> into them. And then here's a question that we're going to really, I think we'll get into later on during the week um, and especially the following weeks after the rugby championships. But it's a good question going into this week. It's from Costa and it's around which players aren't going to get the opportunity to go on the Northern Tour or they really need to put in a performance this weekend if they want to solidify their ticket on that plane. And obviously the Northern Tour trip, they take a, a more of an extended squad, so it's hard to miss out. But is, is there anyone this weekend that you've earmarked that you want to see a big game from? It's mm. <laughs> a good question. It's a good que- I, I think Samasoni Tokiaho's really knuckled down that two position. Um, and, and they're going to take three, and you've got Dane Coles, he's coming on, and he's had limited opportunities, probably hasn't really stamped his mark in that second um, position yet. <sighs> Look, there isn't actually one, I haven't really thought about that question, to be honest, Louis, there's nothing that really springs to mind, but that's a great question from Costa, he's brought a couple of names out, and knowing Fozzie... And and we're only not too far out from the World Cup, so can we afford to leave players back? And do we take players over and give them opportunities, knowing that they've already spoken about we need continuity and consistency in selection? So whether they are able to go down that, that line, it's, it's interesting, because at the moment we are starting to see a little bit of consistency in the selections, and they might see the odd one changing here or there, but... Um, Look, there's a couple of those old guys that, that, that are probably um, needing a couple of big performance. Old guys, I mean, the guys that have been around for a very long time. Experienced guys, I should say. Another way of wording it. Um, they, they probably need a couple of big performance before they go. And, and maybe a bit, of, a bit of ITM Cup. Get some game time. Get a bit of rugby feel. Get some confidence back. Might be the, the way to go. Mm, yeah. Well, well, well said, mate, because there are guys in the uh, team. Bunnings, NPC. It's <laughs> oh, changed its name it's, oh, many times. God. I played when it was in New Zealand Cup. Come on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you, you, I've got no excuse. I, I can see how you've done that. Um, they have been <laughs> snipping at the heels. Kempi, I know you've been talking about Brad Weber for a long time. So guys like that mm. that are also sticking their hands up. Yeah, I, look, I think Brad Weber should be in the side. I, I, for the life of me, don't know why you wouldn't have that competitor in there. Um, he definitely makes a difference. You, you asked Louis about which guy he wants to step up. Uh, no one's talked about the try that Geordie um, scored on the weekend to win the game and how Will Jordan beat three blokes to get him, get that pass away. Like It was such a difficult play to, to make mm. to get Geordie away. When you ask who, who I want to see, I want Geordie to put that conversation to sleep. I want Geordie to have the biggest game of his life. Um, this Saturday night. I want him to, you know, because what that said to me is you need both of those guys on the football field. 12 you know, or 15. Will Jordan, Will Jordan to set that try up the way that he did it was phenomenal. But Geordie to finish it was just as important. Geordie. Geordie, 12 or 15, Kempe? Uh, 15. 15. I know everyone's mm. talking about Will Jordan being the best fullback, but I reckon I would really Who like Roger to have a shot. Roger. Roger, okay. Nice. Well, give Roger a crack. We can, I'll give him a crack. We can debate this to the cows come home this week, and I think we will. Team naming on Thursday, tomorrow on Thursday. Give Roger a crack. This is his chance to see what he's got, Louis, I feel. This is his chance for him to, well, just give us some confidence going forward that he can do the job. So I actually reckon give him a chance. 
For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.